Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. FP Santangelo in for Mark Willard. Mark's under the weather. And a happy birthday to Mark Willard, who turned <laughs> today. We look forward to having him back tomorrow on the program. Yeah, FP, I was running through the game log, and you look at the runs, Jones's runs. He had the 53-yarder. But other than that, I'm looking at the log, 0, minus 2, 0, 0. He had a 2, a 1, a 0, a 0, a 3, a minus 1, and a 1. Now, we had a couple other ones. He had the opening drive. Sounds like my dating life, but could keep going. <laughs> exactly. The opening drive he ran for for 26 yards on six carries. And that was the drive where it felt like, you mentioned it, the Niners were on skates. That was the first quarter before the, the uh, cleat change. But after that opening drive, the Niners did a pretty good job against the run with the exception of that 53-yard run. Matt Barrows joined us earlier and mentioned that Many players got beat on that one, including Logan Ryan, who whiffed on a big tackle. Dude, I must have been watching a different game because I feel like the Green Bay Packers dominated the line of scrimmage the whole game. The offensive line of scrimmage dominated the whole game. I feel like every time they ran a play, a running play, that it was for a decent gain. I felt like they played downhill the whole game. I must have been not paying attention because the stats don't bear that out. But maybe it was just, I mean, I was, I was locked into the game, too. Yeah. And I didn't rewatch it. That's one thing I usually do. I usually watch it twice. But for some reason, I have this in my mind that the Packers seemed like they were playing downhill and seemed like their, their running game was better than ours. And it seemed like they were more aggressive. It seemed like their running backs were running harder and that they dominated the line of scrimmage for the better part of the game. I think they won on the line of scrimmage, but I I wouldn't necessarily say that they completely dominated. And you look at the the numbers in terms of pass rush, the 49ers had zero sacks. Right. So even in the pass game, the Packers were controlling the line of scrimmage. And I think in the run game, yeah, they were able to move the ball pretty successfully, but you got into the red zone, and the Niner defense bowed up in the red zone. Green Bay was 2 of 5 inside the 20. So I do think that, and you can look at the log of rushes, like on the third drive, 9 yards, 5 yards, Love goes for 3, and then 0 for Jones. They were able to get to second and short and third and short a lot, but then yes. you got down, though, into the red zone, yep. and the defense stepped up and they made big plays, including the the fourth down stop, in air quotes, where I thought Jordan Love had gotten to the line to gain, but the measurement put him at about two chains short. Shout out two chains. How do you not challenge that? We, we, all, I was, we all just looked at each other and said first down. And then next thing you I know, think it's an automatic challenge. Uh, because it change of possession, right? And so they just couldn't see where the ball itself was because Love was way past the marker. I wouldn't say way past, but I thought that he had gotten past. But those are the ones that almost never get overturned. Not almost never, but rarely get, do they get overturned. You know, based on what you're talking about, and based on the last drive, I think the theme of you know Saturday night was that they made the plays when they had to, and that's what champions do. And if you could skate from that game and win when you played probably one of your worst games of the season overall, except for in crunch time, red zone defense was great, a missed field goal, the last drive with Brock Purdy six of seven with a drop pass right in Kittle's hands, and you talk about the the way they found a way to win it. That's what champions do, man. So while I'm scared of the Lions, and I'm not gonna. I'm, I'll never, I'll never um, go back on this take. I, I still, I think that the Niners win. I think they had their scare. I think they're going to come out like gangbusters. They're going to have. I, I, I wish they. I, I don't like the two for one. I know the analytics say the two for one, but I'm a big fan of getting the ball and, and establishing, announcing your presence with authority, as Ebby Calvin Lelouch used to say, and going right down the field. Because I feel like the best drives I've seen with the Niners all season long is their scripted first drive. Right. But you can still script your first drive when you get the ball second in the game. And Kyle actually spoke to this last week. He was asked in a press conference about, you know, under what scenario would you take the ball first? And he basically said never. So that's a Kyle Shanahan yeah. 
tenet. It's something he absolutely believes in. He also spoke at the press conference about the run defense from Saturday, and I want you to hear Shanahan's reaction to what he saw. You saw them getting pushed around. Here's what Kyle Shanahan thought. Um, I mean, I think it was obviously not good enough. You know, gave up our first 100-yard rusher in a while. Um, way too many explosives. Um, they got outside on us too many times. And But I am, we're going to have a huge challenge this week. I mean, the Lions, regardless of who they play, they, uh, they, they stick with the run. They do it every game. It's a big part of what they do, and they're very balanced. I think they're very similar to our offense, and that'll be a huge challenge this week. Yeah, big-time challenge. They uh, rushed for... 2,311 yards, one of the better rushing teams in football. In fact, they wound up fifth as a team in total rushing yards. And Matt Barrows from The Athletic mentioned this earlier. The four teams remaining, Baltimore, number one in rushing yardage. Niners, number three in yardage. The Lions were fifth. Kansas City is the anomaly. And i got to go all the way down to 19th in rushing, but they've got Patrick Mahomes, so they can, can, can kind of get away with it a little bit more, having the best quarterback of the four remaining in the playoffs. They had Taylor Swift, too. This is probably why they throw the ball a lot. Yeah. It's because Travis Kelsey wants to get receptions. I, I, I'm still, I, I, we talked about this yesterday, I'm, I, I think it's good for football that she's there and supporting her band like it is. I'm probably in the, the, the real minority as far as NFL football fans go. They're sick of this whole thing. But I think to, to win a Super Bowl, we got to run the football. You think all the Niners teams that won Super Bowls, you think of their, their rushing game. We all talk about Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and John Taylor and John Frank. I mean, whoever you want to talk about with, with the 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 championship seasons they always ran the football it all starts with the run yeah I mean, you don't get this far it's almost like in baseball it starts with the teams that put the ball in play most even even now that that, that hitters don't care if they strike out you look at the last four standing in baseball all the time they're always the teams with the least amount of strikeouts yeah even though the strikeout now is just part of the fabric of baseball you got to run the football you got to put the ball in play yeah and i think you look at the Lions and Niners, in terms of yards per attempt, Niners are at 4.8, Detroit's at 4.6. So they're almost identical. And Eric Armstead with some interesting comments in terms of the challenge they're going to face with the, the two-pronged attack from the uh, Detroit Lions between Gibbs and Montgomery. Yeah, man, I think they're going to be up for the challenge. I, I think the fact that we even talked about Nick Bosa and a receiver standing him up and the fact that the, the, the Packers did run the football, Kyle wasn't happy with it, he just said, I, I think you're going to see a more locked-in football team this week. I think the fact that they got that one out of the way, they shook off the rust, uh, the weather's going to be better. I think you're going to see a better team, but I also think you got a really hot team and a freight train coming right at you, baby. And I think it's going to... I, I, I could be wrong, and it wouldn't be the first time, but I think we're going to see a classic on, on Sunday. A classic. A high-scoring classic or a little bit more of a uh, bite kneecaps grinder game? No, mid-scoring, like 27-24, something like that. Yeah, I hope it is a competitive game, and I said this last week that I, I like the, the dramatic game more than I like the blowout. If my team's going to win... I would rather have it be like it was against the Packers with a uh, come from behind scenario. Dude, I love I love the anxiety ridden game as a fan. I do, especially in the playoffs. I don't. I mean, if they blow them out, trust me, I'll be happy. But I, I like that feeling. I miss that feeling. I love I I love when it's a close game, or I love sitting there grinding it out, and everybody else is like, "Oh, I can't stand this. This sucks. This is the worst win ever, and I can't believe it. At least we won." I love those kind of games, man. I get off on those games. I, I want to feel that feeling. I want to put my helmet on yeah. and sit on my couch and put a mouthpiece in and feel that, just feel it and live it and, and, and embrace the suck. Like You embrace it. You embrace the fact that, man, this is a grinder. This is a nail-biter. Are we going to win? Are we going to lose? It comes down to the last like two minutes of the game. Those are the games as a fan I live for. And everybody I was with on Saturday was like, this sucks. Like what? You just don't like blow people out by forty on your way to your sixth championship as a franchise. Winning a championship is hard. Yeah. Like Eric just said, you're, you're everybody's good this time of year. You're playing the best of the best of the best. There are. I mean, you might run into a blowout just because all the breaks go your way in a game. But like, this is how it goes in the playoffs. Championships aren't easy. And I, I, I hope. I hope just so I get that feeling again selfishly on Sunday that it's another nail biter. I'm with you. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy is the phone number. We're going to throw out the question we had earlier in terms of the Niners' season if they happen to lose on Sunday or if they lose in the Super Bowl. Would you categorize the season as a failure? Or still, would you look at it as a success? Because right now, they are one of the last four teams remaining in football. And to that extent, you're better than 28 
of the other teams. You are one of the final four still playing football in the NFL playoffs. That's nothing to sneeze at. However, you do have the expectations of being one of the best teams going into the playoffs, and now you're one of the teams still standing. So, fans, where are you at in terms of the success or failure paradigm? 888-957-9570. FP, you mentioned earlier about the run game, and whoever wins the run battle probably wins the game. Dan Campbell, head coach for the Lions, kind of agrees with you. you got to stop the run because if you don't, they, they'll they'll rush for 250 on you and then they won't even worry about passing. Look, Shanahan does an unbelievable job of he's going to work one side and make you overreact and then he counters off of it and then he play passes off of it and, and works the middle of the field. So, look, you, you, you got your hands full in both regards, you know, and and uh, Purdy does a hell of a job. You know, they throw a lot of daggers middle of the field, and he does a hell of a job with touch, timing, rhythm. Uh, but we have to stop this run game. It's, it just has to start there. You, you, as much as you can, you have to try to make this team one-dimensional, and that's not easy to do. Not easy to do when you've got uh, Christian McCaffrey out there, FP, and that's certainly something that the Niners should lean on more than they did against Green Bay. Yeah, wanting to stop the run and being able to do it are two different things. It's not like they're just going to line McCaffrey up in the I formation and run 22 blasts the whole game. It's going right. to be different sets with motions and different looks and uh, a pitch. Uh, I don't know. They're going to swing him out. They're going to set him up as a receiver. He's going to line him up as a receiver, I should say. So, yeah, stopping, wanting to stop Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and actually being able to do it and knowing where they're going with the football, with the deception, the motion, and the formations, and Brock Purdy getting him in the right play against the right defense, which he does so well, are two different things. They can want to stop it all they want, but whether they do or not, we'll see. Yeah, triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Where are you at in terms of uh, this team if they happen to fall short against the Detroit Lions? Is it a success still as a season, or is it a failure? Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. We also were talking to Matt Barrows about Debo Samuel and his return, and whether or not he'll be up. Kyle Shanahan weighed in on his status. We just got Debo's shoulder. He won't practice. Everyone else is full. How is Debo feeling? Uh, I feeling better. Does that make you more optimistic about his availability for Sunday? It makes me feel better. Yeah, what is his exact injury? Is it a separation, a bruise, dislocation, a fracture? His shoulder hurts. That's all, yeah. It just hurts. It just hurts, FP. No real injury, although we know there is an actual injury, but... We don't want to exactly put a name to what the injury is because then, you know, if you're the other team, maybe it gives you a better ability to target it or maybe you end up telling the the opponent if it is a certain injury, well, then there's no way he's going to play, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. You, you just keep this thing. You go, Bill Belichick, all week on right. this, and then he just comes out Sundays and plays. I'm looking at our our 95.7 the game Twitter, and it was just posted 26 seconds ago, and it's Eric Armstead's quote about Brock Purdy. I thought that was really telling, and I think they're all getting so sick of talking about it, right? And so frustrated about the hatred for Brock Purdy nationwide. And he said, "I don't get it. It's kind of weird to me the hate that Brock gets. We we wouldn't be able to do anything without him. A lot of the success and where we are as a team is because." Because of him, we love having him as our quarterback. That was cool, man. I, I love that they're so united and they're such a close group. And I got that vibe last year with the 49ers. Like, they're a team that's easy to like. They're a team that's easy to wrap your arms around. They seem like they generally don't care who gets the credit. They don't care if Kittle scores three touchdowns one week or it's Debo the next week or Brock has an okay game. That's all they care about is winning. And that's so hard to find at the highest level. It's so hard to find a team that just loves each other. And that starts with the head guy and Kyle Shanahan, and it goes all the way down to the last player on special teams. Yeah. These guys seem authentic. Like, I'm buying into everything they're selling the last couple of years. And I think it is Kyle who sets that tone, obviously, as the head coach, and he certainly has made it clear that wide receivers need to block, and credit will be shared, and the ball will be shared, and all the rest of it. Here's Eric Armstead from earlier this hour on with FP and myself here on Willard and Dibbs talking about his quarterback, Brock Purdy. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's, it's kind of weird to me to the hate that he gets. Um, I don't really understand where it comes from. Uh, but, you know, being around him, I know the type of player and the person that he is. and um, You know, he's he's everything that we need uh, him to be. And, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to do anything without him. Um, and a lot of the success and uh, where we are as a team is because of him. And, um, you know, we, we love having him as our quarterback. 
Gotta love having him as your quarterback. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of fans are, FP, in terms of not understanding. And, you know, Mark and I have had this conversation so many times as to, you know, why why do people continue to throw shade at a guy who leads the league in so many passing categories and has the best team in the NFC? It's a weird dynamic, man. I think he's getting penalized for the, 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 the talent around him and all the weapons he has. I think he's getting penalized for his coach as the best play caller in the NFL. So I, I have no idea. Usually we wrap our arms around underdog stories, guys right. that are undersized, guys that are overachieving, guys that are overcoming the odds and going out there and going from the last pick of the draft to a guy that's taken to the NFC Championship game two years in a row. He's 23 years old. Uh, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I will say that I did have my doubts at a few times on Saturday night, and that was my bad for going there to that dark place, wondering you know, if he could do something like this when he has done it before. So I did have my doubts. But then when you look at the body of work, the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters during the regular season and and the the playoffs is the win. That That's the only stat that matters. We could say Brock was 5 for 74, and they won the game. It does that, It's all that that matters is advancing, getting to the next yeah. round, getting to the Super Bowl. Numbers don't matter right now. That was the beauty as a player in baseball, the playoffs. Nobody, I, you just, there's no more stats. You get paid by your performance, you get paid by the numbers, you get paid by your batting average, your ERA, your on base percentage, your OPS, whatever it is, your whip now, and all the other stats. But it, it, when you get to the playoffs, and it should be like this ideally in the regular season, it's all about the win. So I don't care. Just just win me a game. However you win it. Win ugly, win pretty, throw for 404 TDs, throw for a buck 50 and two TDs and two interceptions, and we win. I don't care. Just win. Yeah, and I think that's where I fall in terms of the Green Bay game because he didn't play great for three quarters, and then he did play great when you needed him to. And that matters a lot more to me than what happened the previous three quarters because you needed Brock Purdy to lead you on a 75-yard drive. You had six minutes to do it, and he did it. He used five minutes off the clock, and they went down there, and they got the victory. And that's why I look at you know Brock Purdy, especially for those people who want to cast shade or haters or doubters, and you look at the Baltimore game. Well, if they would have won that game somehow – then you would have felt differently about Brock Purdy's performance. It wouldn't have been so bad. He would have been the MVP if they had won that game. <laughs> Even after the four picks, yeah. If, 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 if they won that game and he didn't have the four picks, he would have still been... Say he had three and they won the game. I think the narrative is a little bit different. But like that last drive, Dibs, we've talked about it a lot, but it just I don't know how you felt watching it, and I'd love to get your opinion here, but like I felt like the, after the first or second play, like, oh, oh, they finally showed up. They were playing downhill. They had a rhythm for the first time all day. And I, I don't know if it was out of like, hey, we got to get this done. Desperation meets opportunity. Preparation meets opportunity. Whatever cliche you want to throw on there. But all of a sudden, the old Niners showed up when they had to in the biggest moment. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, they may have a similar moment against Detroit on Sunday. And if they if they don't come through this time, if Brock gets the ball back in the same spot, down four, six minutes to go, and he doesn't get the touchdown, and the Lions win the game how do you feel about the uh, about the season, 49er fans? You lose to Detroit at home in the NFC Championship game. Is it fair to call the season a failure, or do you think that it's it's not a failure getting to this spot in the season? 888-957-9570 is the phone number. Love to hear from you on that very question. Charles is in South City. What's going on, Charles? You're on 95.7 The Game. How you doing, Dibs? First time calling you with FP. How's he doing? FP's actually having a huge show. Good, man. Thanks for calling. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, good. Uh, welcome to the Charles and South City experience. <laughs> but, yeah, I, all in all, I feel like it's a uh, – all in all, I feel like – all right, all right. But all, all in all, I feel like definitely if the if the 49ers definitely make it to the Super Bowl, and whether if it's the Chiefs or Lamar, possibly Lamar, obviously that's what we're all thinking, they lose, I feel like it'll be – I feel like it would be a total loss because from the get-go, from week one, before week one, it was Super Bowl with bust. Everyone everyone was so focused on the Super Bowl. And then on top of that, uh, you lose against the Lions on Sunday, that's an even bigger loss because everyone's looking at Kyle like, wow, he can he can make it to an AFC title game every year, but he just can't, he can't get past that bridge toll. So if you're Kyle, you kind of do have a little bit of pressure on you right now because you want to – get past his bridge and possibly win that ever elusive six ring, especially for the franchise, for the fans, 
for the Bay Area. And that's all I got to say. Have a great day, you guys. Yeah, Charles, thank you. And uh, I enjoyed the Charles and South City experience. That was quite an experience, FP. I'm glad you got a, got a, a chance to be a part of that. Yeah, I feel honored, privileged, and humbled. Yeah, and I, I think that's why Kyle's under more pressure than Brock for me. And Charles used the expression that makes Mark's stomach turn, Super Bowl or bust. And I think Mark is right in terms of that expression. There is no, there's no or bust. So Super Bowl or, and Mark likes to say Super Bowl or try again. And I think it's a little bit harsher than that. I said it's Super Bowl or else. And Mark said or else what? Or else what? Or else your season's called a failure. That to me is the or else part of it because it's not or bust because you're not firing Shanahan, you're not running John Lynch out of town, and Brock Purdy is still going to be the quarterback next year. But it is Super Bowl or else, or else there'll be major disappointment, or else your season, I think, can be rightly called a failure. Ah, it's such a hard word. It's dude. very hard. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're the first pick of the NFL draft, who had the worst record in the NFL this year? That's a failure. Like, yeah, it, it's it, uh, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. And I think their pick's going to Chicago, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And, and, and yeah, th- that's a failure. But if, if you get to this point and you've put in all the, all the hay in the barn, I, I know that this is not loser talk, dude. This is just knowing how hard it is to get to this point in the season. I just look at it differently. I Because there's only one team that, that wins. The, the rest go home sad. You go home sad. It's not Your season's not a failure. It, it's a bummer. It sucks. You're pissed. You're not happy about it, but you don't sit there and go, oh, Christian McCaffrey, you're probably going to finish second in the MVP. Your season was a failure. Nick Bosa last year was Defensive Player of the Year. Your season was a failure. Like I, I just can't I can't go there. It's, it's so hard. I don't, I'm not articulating my thoughts as properly as I want to right now. And no, how you're hard doing it, fine. How hard it is to win a championship. I can appreciate it. It's so it. damn hard, and, dude. You, know, you played 14 years of pro ball, seven years in the majors, and you... You had some teams that weren't close. You had some teams that were close and probably should have done better. We had the best team in we had the best team in baseball in two thousand one. We won one hundred two games. A's, we right? lost one hundred two and sixty. The Mariners won one hundred and sixteen games that year. We were the wild card. We were better than the Mariners. We were the, that, we were the only team they couldn't beat. And you know we turned it on after the All Star break and damn near won every game. And we lost to the Yankees in the playoffs and the Derek Jeter flip play and all that. I was upset. I probably I probably went into a shell for two weeks after that. It wasn't real fun to be around at home. But I, I didn't consider that season a failure. It was just like super heartbreaking. It was super depressing. I was super sad because I knew that was my only chance to win it all. So I think you, you go to those emotions as a player, but like, there's no way when I see Frank Menachino and Eric Chavez and, Frank and Barry Zito and Mark Mulder and Tim Hudson and, and, and Jason Giambi and um, Jermaine Dye, Johnny Damon, Jason Isringhausen, that we all look at each other and be like, boy, 2001 sure was a failure, wasn't it? Like, we can't wait to see each other. We can't yeah. wait to drink beers. We can't wait to, like, reminisce about the old times on and off the field. So I just think I look at it a little bit differently. I can put my fan hat on, too. And I just, even as a fan, I never judge seasons by success or failure based on a parade. I never have. I just, maybe I just, even before, before, I just, I, I look at sports differently. Sports yeah. entertains me. Like, my son was grinding dibs uh, Sunday. We were watching at Bus Stop, my favorite establishment in the city. And nice. I, he was with his wife, and we're sitting there. And he had his hand, he had his hands in his his head in his hands. And he was just, like, on the bar like this. And it was the fourth quarter. And I'm like, bro, it's a, it's a game. It's a game. Like, you're sitting here with your wife. Like, we're in a bar. We're hanging out together. I've been on the East Coast for 11 years. Like, we're in a bar, having drinks, watching the Niners together. Bro, it's a game, dude. It's a game. And that's how I look at it. It's a game. It's it, it's it's just not life and death. There's so many more important things as we interviewed Steve sure. Kerr yesterday. Sure. It's a game. It's a game. I mean, it's a success or failure. It's a game. It, it's sports. It's the fun business. Like we're in the fun business. We get to talk about sports. Yeah. I just I mean d- nobody nobody took a loss harder than me in the in the history nobody maybe as hard but nobody harder. But it's a game, man. It's just a game. Jay's in Oakland. We're talking about a game. Jay's in Oakland, and Jay has a little bit of a different perspective. What's going on, Jay? You're on with FP and Dibs. Willard out today, back tomorrow. Uh, Not a a problem. Uh, Glad to call you guys. Hey, I'm just going to paraphrase Herb Edwards. You play to win the game. 
Hello. Um, so that was my good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Hey, but um, on some real stuff, if they, the 49ers don't not only go to the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl, it is an epic failure. It is a huge, it is a collapse of epic proportions. It is a choke job. And, uh, and if you allow me to use a cross-sports anal- cross analogy, uh, the Heat, if you think back a couple of years ago, the Heat with the, uh, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, if they didn't win the finals during their collection of times of being together, it was considered to be an epic failure because the talent that team had. And if you look at this 49ers team, they have everything in place. They have the wonder kid coach. They have the quarterback that we, we're saying, you know, trying to shut the haters up and saying, you know, he's not mediocre. He's a good quarterback. They got world-beater defense, Bosa, Warner, Greenlaw. We got all of the pieces uh, available, all of the pieces that we need to. And if we can't win the Super Bowl, there's really no excuse, none whatsoever. And that's my take on it. I like it, Jay. That's kind of where I am in terms of, you know, the expectation. And what FP said is absolutely right. It's just a game, and we enjoy it. And, you know, it's not like – it's a failure like if your business fails and you gotta you gotta sell it and you gotta fire people and you gotta close up shop because not enough people came to your restaurant and your business fails. Yes, that's a failure on a different level. This is a sports failure. This is uh, your favorite team not doing as well as you thought that they would do, as you expected them to do. And you know, your son is probably in his mid twenties, mid to late twenties, and he still is wearing his emotions on his sleeve, and he had his head in his hands when the Niners are down in the second half, and you're a little bit older, and you've got more perspective, and so you can say, all right, you know, come on. It's not it's not that serious. You've got a bigger perspective than that. But in sports terms, I think you could look at it, and, you know, if you're looking to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl as a Niner fan, and you've got your room already booked, and you've got your flight, and you're getting excited about maybe four days in the desert and then seeing your favorite team play, it hurts. And so, you know, your expectations would not be met, and I think it's fair to put a label on that. It starts with fail and ends with your. I, I think that the word we're both searching for is, like, fans are invested. Like, you're invested in the season. Maybe financially. Maybe financially, but I'm just talking about emotionally invested in a season. Like, you're going in with the ups and the downs of your team, the wins and the losses, the three-game losing streak, the this, the that, and then you get to this point, and if you're let down, then you're like, oh, that's a failure. And it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. And I I, I, I mean, when I was six years old, my mom tells a story. Like, I, I lost a, a, like a, a T-shirt game. Like, when you're in T-shirts, remember, it was just T-shirts, yeah. the, the lowest level of Little League. And I locked myself in the closet wouldn't come out for three hours like and I just sat in there crying because we lost the game so I mean along those lines like I get it I get being invested I, I remember as a broadcaster in DC in 2012 when the Nats were up seven to nothing or something oh. against the Cardinals in game five of the division series and the Cardinals came back and won eight to seven they were up seven to nothing like the third inning and, and they were going to advance to play the Giants in 2012 and I'm getting texts from everybody in San Francisco saying that can't wait to see you tomorrow and I'm like this game's not over this game's not <laughs> <laughs> over this game's not over but the point of me saying that story dibs is like i was a mess for like two weeks after that and i w- i wasn't i didn't play i didn't get a hit i'm standing there in a suit watching the game but when you're invested and you do you said it earlier dude so beautifully like you you invest time you were making fun of yourself with your phone finger but you do invest time yeah and you do invest emotion and you do invest like you you, you wear it on your sleeve as a fan and when your team loses it's hard when their expectations are higher and your team is this good, it's hard. But they're going to win, dude. I don't even know why we're talking about this anymore. They're yeah, gonna I mean, they're gonna be fun. I'm just worried. I'm very confident, but I, it's because I'm so confident that if it goes the other way, I feel the way I feel. Jay's in his garage, and uh, Jay's got some advice for us, FP. What do you got, Jay? <laughs> yes, I do. I absolutely do. Jay, are you going to put me on the couch? Hey, because... Uh, you know, that's a good laugh. Yeah, it was a great laugh. Kind of creepy, but good. Yeah, feel free to stretch it out, Jay, because I got some issues of my own. Go ahead. I, I try to do both. I try to be a good laugh and creepy at the same time. Hey, JP. Nailed it. Hey, man. I'll tell you, the, the guy across the desk from you, he yep. was not a professional athlete. Wow, that doesn't matter. Right. Jay, that's breaking news. I know, I know, I know. That, that's my point. And that's it's FP, point. not JP, but go ahead. I'm sorry, FP. Sorry, sorry. 
Long day in the garage. Um, <laughs> hey, FP, I'm going to tell you something real quick. That guy's old school Jerry Radnich uh, grabbing coffee. All right. All right. That's all from you, Jay. It's Gary Radnich. Two wrong names. And, Is that uh, the limit? That, and I never got him coffee. Gary didn't drink coffee. I did. Now, had he asked, I would have gotten him coffee. Said Gary, whatever he wanted. There was another uh, legendary broadcaster in this market for whom I did get coffee. Get me some coffee. I'm doing play-by-play. And uh, that's actually one way I got my start in this business. So, Jay in your garage, let's get it straight on for whom I fetched coffee. <laughs> That's that was the best good, part of his call. That was a good laugh. That was absolutely money. I mean, I, I, I used to never cut off callers that were about to crush me, but whatever. If you can't take the heat, I get it. It's That's, not about taking the heat. <laughs> We've got other calls that I could get to. Jay wanted to put me on the couch, was the comment that Lucas typed. Like he wanted to psychoanalyze me, and so he started by demeaning me. I don't think he was going to put you on the couch to psychoanalyze you. You know where he I got put? I think he put? had other intentions. He got put. I think in, he was chopping off limbs, if I'm going to be honest. He got flushed, and uh, I'm here for people coming at me, but when you ridicule me once, you get a pass. Dude, you're playing under the weather, too. Can I can I lift the curtain back a little bit? You're being a gamer right now. I'm fighting through it right you now. You are. You're a gamer, dude. Let's I'm go. I'm actually starting to feel dude, better. So are you really? I've turned you're the playing corner. hurt. You're like Debo right now. Shoot it up, Dibs. We can finish this. Joey and the San Mateo Bridge wants to weigh in on the just-a-game notion. What's up, Joey? Come at me if you want. I'm down right now. I'm down in the dumps. <laughs> no, nah, this ain't coming at you. I just want to go out, uh, you know, let you know that you know, for us fans, room for the room for our team. That's like three hours that we can we can go away from our problems. So that's why we take these losses hard. We ain't losing, first of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We gotta change the vibe right now, dude. You're right. Yeah, you know, we ain't losing. Stop talking about the losers stuff. We ain't losing. But you know, us as fans, we all got problems. We all got issues that we go through, and supporting our team is what is what you know snaps us out of reality for a little bit. So that's why, I mean, my wife will tell you I'm, I'm all bad when we lose, but uh, we ain't losing. That's it. And Dibs, let's go Niners. That's a great uptick right there, Joey. Thank you. That's awesome. I don't know if you're familiar with the uptick, but my old uh, my old buddy, my brother from another mother, Lorenzo Neal. Go to hell, Dibs. Thank you, Lolo. On uh, Jolo and Dibs, one day... Joe's making or Lowe's making a point about something, and he just decided to end his sentence with an uptick, and it was the most hilariously obnoxious, annoying thing. And so we all started upticking. So whenever you get to the end of a sentence, you end it with an up note. And <laughs> Lowe started doing it, and Joe Fortenbaugh, very serious now. Radio is serious business. He was not. He was not pleased with uh, Low Neal and his. Uh, his lapses into an uptick, and so I started the uh, I started uptick back, and pretty soon it's an uptick fest. And so occasionally callers will come in with the uptick. Dude, I, I, Canada, everybody in Canada spends a sentence with an uptick. <laughs> they do. Really? Yeah, it's like it's going to be a good day today. It's it's like almost like a question mark at the end of every sentence. Right. So no matter what you say, you end it with an uptick, and it's going to be a great day, and we're having a good show. And how are you doing today? It's everything ends. That's hilarious. Uphill with a question mark, and with the occasional a. In yeah, there with the occasional too, right? a in there. If you can hear them after they're hammered. Rich in Fremont wants to weigh in on the idea of a failure. What's going on, Rich? You're on with FP and Dibs. Willard back tomorrow. What's up, guys? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I don't. I don't personally feel like if the Niners and I'm. Don't get me. I'm a huge Niners fan. I was. I was living in Redwood City when they used to practice there. That's how far back I go. Wow. Um, but I don't. I, yeah. I don't. I don't believe that if they lose to Detroit, they fail your season. You got to look at it from the standpoint that, you know, first of all, this is a very very difficult game to play. Okay, this is the NFL. Okay, and so, the the, the Detroit has been in been in a game like this for who knows how long. Okay. That shows you how difficult it is to even get here, okay? Now, we look at the, the two franchises, hey, we're more storied than they are. So they're probably going to work this more, okay? And what do we know? On any given Sunday, you could be beat. So if we lose, which I don't believe we will because I'm a Niners fan, but if we lose, I don't see it as being a failure. I see it as that team was hungrier, and they came in. They knew what they had to do. They, they worked through their plan. And that's how they won, and they beat us. And one thing we can do is go back to the drawing board. 
But I don't see it as a failure if it happens. And by the way, if it does happen, we'll get it back. <laughs> That's very well done, Rich. I go back to the... Uh, great uptick right there. I go the back out. to the training camp at Sierra College. Rockland, in yeah. In Rockland, back in the day with Joe Montana's tight white shorts, throwing and to Jerry Rice. Did you Rice. grow up in... Yeah, El Dorado Hills. El Dorado Hills, Yeah, okay. so we would drive That over. was back before El Dorado Hills was really El Dorado Hills, Yeah, right? it was just all, like, country. Right. It was barbed wire fences, horses, and cows. That's all it was. That's what I grew up Because now it's like McMansions and Mercedes yeah, and yeah. money. Yeah, Gated communities. It was like, I remember that the sign used to say population 639, and now it's like 50,000 or something like that. Seriously. Yeah, but... but One of my best to... coaching wins is against Oak Ridge. Really? That's, I'm an I was alumni. coaching boys volleyball uh, at Drake, and we were playing in the Davis tournament, and we get into bracket play, 16 teams remaining. We're the 15 seed. They're the two. And they come out all 6-3... Fake tans and frosted tips. And these guys think that they're just going to steamroll my little group of hippies. We took it to them. Nice. nice. Took them out. Oak That's Ridge. Nice. Frosted tips. Something to hang your hat on. Did tips. you ever frost the tips? I did with the A's in 2001s. We yeah. all did. It was like an t- early 2000 thing. Team tips. You guys Team, all frosted yeah, yeah, up? Yeah, you, you hooked them through the, the net on your hair, and then you just dyed it blonde. We all had the frosted tips. That was our team thing. That's so funny. Early OOs. Oak Ridge High School. Yeah, but getting back to Sierra College, dude. We used to watch through the chain link fence. I used to watch all the practices. Bill Walsh walking out there, Joe Montana, Roger Craig. I was sitting there going like. And then the other the other thing was before Super Bowl twenty three, when I was at University of Miami, they were practicing at the U all week before that game. So I'm going to like Niners practices. So they were cool. on my campus, three thousand miles away. That's that was really cool. Too. Jason in the East Bay wants to weigh in on the Niners pass rush, and if you're on hold, stay there. We're going to get to you before the end of the program. I'm starting to feel better. Jason, what's going on? I'm bouncing back. Hey, thank you for taking my call. First time caller, great show. Uh, really uh, love the show. Keeping me alert, driving to the bay. Anyhow, so the pass rush last week, as you guys seen, we didn't get to the quarterback, and we this is a different game. You're talking about Garrett Goff, one of the you know experienced and veteran quarterbacks, and he's got weapons. Are we going to are we, we going to do what we did last game? against Green Bay. This is not going to work. I'm so nervous in this department. Bosa got big pay payday, and we all are pointing out and waiting around and see, okay, he's going to put a couple games together. He's going to be dominant like we know. I mean, he's going to be, you know, getting his money worth, but uh, so far he hasn't done that. I mean, we've been waiting for that. This is the playoff. Are you, what, do you, what do you guys think? Is he going to step it up? Are we going to get to Garrett Goff? Because I'm, I'm honestly, as a big 49ers fan, I'm kind of nervous that this, this – it's going to come down to that because I don't know if did, did we get any sacks? I mean, uh, Jordan Love. I mean, he looked like he was doing whatever he wants until, until uh, you know, the last couple of drives where we got a couple of interceptions. And other than that, he was pretty much doing whatever he wanted. Offensive line held up, but right now you're talking about a much better offensive line. And yeah, our passers need to get there. Thank you, Jason. Uh, one thing about the offensive line, they do have the guard Jonah Jackson who's going to be out. So I think it's less about Bosa and more about Armstead and Hargrave because Detroit's interior three, a little bit more compromised going into this game. So, yeah, Bosa had five QB hits. Five of the six came from Bosa. Didn't get a sack. Nobody did. I do expect the D-line to be better. It's a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today. And we are sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. One more segment with FP coming up on the other side. It's Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now. Back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Memory lane with my guy Frank Paul. I'm enjoying this. Kind of sad that it's coming up to the end, but we also need to get ready for 49ers-Lions in the NFC title game on Sunday. Get ready with us right here on 95.7 The Game. We'll be live and local starting at 9 a.m. Sunday with Mark Grandy and Sterling Bennett leading up to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal. That'll be live two hours before the start of the game. Join us at the Hilton Santa Clara for delicious food, great drinks, and the best pregame show in the Bay Area presented by Habis Law. You've been wronged. Habis Law will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit HabisLaw.com. We've got Warriors Live coming up here at the top of the hour, and we want to get all your calls in before we get there. First, I just want to say, FP, this has been fun. And I know I said yesterday, see you somewhere down the road. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow if, you know, Mark Willard, hopefully on the man. I think he's coming back tomorrow, but... I really enjoyed these two days with you. It's great, man. I haven't seen you in so long. We reconnected, I think, at Levi's Stadium a couple of years ago when yeah. I just got back into the Bay. And then, you know, you've been a friend for a long time. So it's been fun to finally do a show with you. Yeah. A little bit of memory lane there two during shows. the break. And two uh, shows. Two it's been shows. fun hearing some of your stories about, you know, the, the Jeter flip game and other things from your playing career. So I, I always enjoy going down memory lane with you, FP. Yeah, we did on how we got our start in the business right around the same time in this market. Yeah, it's crazy. Very cool. And here we are some uh, almost 20 years later now. Nuts. And uh, doing a show together here, 10th floor on Kearney Street. I want to get your calls in here before we get to the Grandy Man coming up here. In about eight minutes, Mike, the dog trainer, has got a question for FP. What do you got for us, Mike? You're on 95.7 The Game. FP, miss you from your other show, but anyway, glad to hear you. Good to know you're live and kicking. So here's a question. Uh, Actually, it's two questions, and we all know the answer to the first one. So first question is, if the Niners were to win the Super Bowl, and you ask Kyle Shanahan in press conference after the game a question and say, hey, what else did you need to win? He's going to say, it's obvious. We had everything we needed. The second question is, if they were to lose and you were to ask Kyle the question, hey, Kyle, what, other, what else did you need to win? What would he say? He, That's the question. So if they lose, what would be... Is this, like, is this, is this like a puzzle, like a mental puzzle I'm supposed to figure out? Like if a tree falls in the woods and it doesn't make a noise, right. does it make a noise? No, my my. The point is, we all know he doesn't. He there's no excuse. He's got everything he could ever have. They've been very wise in trading for all the good people throughout the season and other years. Uh, Mark Willard would already cut me off and been sarcastic. So I appreciate your guys' patience, but I'm expecting them. That sounds like a dare, Mike. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> no, you're daring me. Let Mike leave Mike. I got my finger on the button, if, if Mike. You, if you let Mike go, he'll go. I, Mike, we're up against it here, so I'm going to need you to bring it home or I'm going to have to give you the Willard. So to me, I think I've had so many good moments throughout the year, like SP, you know, put on the helmet, put in the mouthpiece. I think they've played so well for me. I've got my money's worth, so to speak, literally. Um, even if they lost, I'd still appreciate everything they've done. They've worked so hard, and I appreciate them at that level doing what they've done. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate See, that, it. That's a good take. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a sane 
good take. Like, he appreciates sure. the joy that the Niners have brought to his life this season. You can appreciate it and have it still be a failure. Much like the restaurant analogy I gave you from before, I could eat at your restaurant for four years and enjoy it, and then you shut up, you shut the doors, you close up shop. What if I gross $5 million a year for those four years? Is it a failure that my restaurant finally closes? It's all perspective, dude. It's a lens exactly. you look at through And things. the perspective of the Niners is that they should be a team that at least makes it to the Super Bowl. Ben in San Lorenzo wants to weigh in on topic. What's going on, Ben? Hey guys, uh, first time caller, but I enjoy uh, the show. Um, two quick things. Uh, I would say, yes, I would. I appreciate everything that they brought to the fan base and, and the enjoyment, but anything short of a ring would, I would say, would still be a failure just because of how well-rounded the team is. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we're like the number one or like one of the top most paid defensive lines, and yet look at how they performed last game. So there's a lot more expectation into actually like getting the ring this year, uh, as well as with how just Brock Purdy, the stats he put up. Uh, and then second, besides the defensive line, it's just, I look back a little bit of like when the Lions and the Rams did a QB swap and then the Rams just added a well-rounded team and they were kind of expected to win and they did. So I feel like if we don't win, then there's that like negative comparison too. Yeah, thank you, Ben. I I think that that's part of it for me. High paid defensive line and a roster that is comprised of the most all pros, and you've got what fourteen Pro Bowlers and twelve alternates or something. Half your roster is basically going to the Pro Bowl. So because of that and the laminated play sheet. The great head coach, the great scheme, and home field throughout. All of that leads me to an expectation point where I feel like you should be able to get it done. To at least get to the bowl. Can I do a prediction since I might not be here Thursday or Friday? Do it, and then I do want to get Paul from your uh, Go, your Get Paul first. In. Get Paul first. I'll Paul in El Dorado Hills. We're going to give you plenty of room here before FP's bold prediction. What's going on, Paul? <laughs> hey, guys. Doing a great job. Love the show. A lot of the callers have already, already made great points, but I just want to... Uh, Close with this. I think there's one word that we hate to use, but is a factor in either going all the way or maybe not going all the way. And that's whether you have a little luck on your side. And last week, I think we had a little luck on our side. There were a couple picks that didn't happen. So if they're going to beat Detroit and maybe ultimately beat Baltimore or KC, you're going to have to have a little luck on your side. And you may not win, but I don't think that means that you didn't have a great season. There's two other things. One is, unfortunately, the media, and you guys do a great job, we put, there is a lot of expectation put on a team, and there's a lot of hype around it. As long as the team plays up to its ability, game in and game out, and look, the cornerbacks, defensive line, they've had their issues. So Baltimore may be a better team, and if we face them in the, in the Super Bowl, they may be the better team. That doesn't mean we had a bad year. So I think overall, a little bit of FP's take, a little bit of your take, Gibbs, I think down the middle – it's it's been a great year. If they go all the way, you got to have a little luck on your side. If they don't, it may be that there was one team that was a little bit better. And I think you have to just close the book on that. And I don't think this is a bad year. If you if you said at the beginning of the year you'll go to the Super Bowl and you might lose because you know there was a a bad kick, yeah, fluky bounce kick. or something like that. I I appreciate that, Paul. Thank you. And I I kind of drew that line in terms of. You make the Super Bowl, then it's not a failure. For me, it's a loss on Sunday that would put it in that spot. But beyond that, let's get to the real meat of the segment, which is F.P. Stradamus. Frank Paul, with his prediction for Sunday's game. Are we going to clip this? Because I'm gonna We're going to mark right. the tape. I'm going to be right. I have it 27-24 Niners. 27-24. In a in a last second field goal by the erratic, the guy that uses all eighteen feet six inches of the uprights every single time he kicks. Look Jake at you Moody. with the width. It, yeah, eighteen feet six inches. Come on, you got to know that stuff. And he uses. I mean, a real man uses the, the entire upright, and he does every How time. How far he kicks. apart are the bases in Major League Baseball now? 
I don't even know, dude. Yeah. See, that's that's the fundamental problem. Yeah. It's not what is it an extra? Anymore. It's extra like a foot on first and a. Foot? Is it that big? I don't know, dude. Yeah. I don't even know. I just you're gonna know need closer. to know that as like, we get as we no, get closer, bro. It's closer. It's on now. The tape is marked. FP yep. says twenty seven, twenty four. The official Nostradiblis prediction will come yeah. later in the week. Uh, pending the tummy ache that I've been fighting for the past oh, hour. Oh, I could be on. I've been trying to get you sick for two days. And yeah, I've you, been like, I've been uh, wiping your toothbrush it. in the toilet, hoping that you get <laughs> sick. The last couple of you days. may have done it. FP, it's been great, man. I really enjoy these two days. Thanks, dude. Thanks for being so accommodating, man. Thanks to everybody here for putting up with me. It's been fun. Of course, you're easy. That's Frank Paul, FP Santangelo, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. He may be back at any moment here on 95.7 The Game. Well, for Lucas and for Mark Grandy, for FP, guys, thanks for carrying me today and getting your boy across the line. What's coming up on The Game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Warriors Live with Mark Grandy, ahead of Warriors and Hawks, is next. Enjoy the game. Have a great night. We'll see you all tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.